Hello, I'm Russell Shaw, a Senior Market Specialist at FXM. Welcome to FXM Market Talk, your trading and finance podcast. Since 1999, FXM has provided global traders access to the world's largest and most liquid markets. Keep listening to get our quality market commentary and analysis. Hello everyone and welcome to FXM Market Talk, the trading and finance podcast. Today is Monday, it's the 6th of February. My name is Russell Shaw. Joining me is Nick Tsaburis. We are senior market specialists at FXM and are looking forward to a very interesting discussion. Uh, what a what a difference a week makes. But before Nick and I get into the conversation, please understand that this is not investment advice. And in that regard, I would urge you to listen all the way to the end because we will play our regional disclaimers at the end of the podcast. With that out of the way, Nick, what a difference a week makes. Hello, Russell. Hello to our listeners. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, Last week was a big one, a consequential uh, week with uh, many high-profile events. And quite frankly, uh, I can't wait to get... uh, into into it. I, I must be honest, Nick. I am confused. Uh, that that jobs number on Friday is where I want to start. It was a number that uh, surprised me. Uh, what do you make of that? Yeah, definitely did surprise uh, markets. The stronger um, result. Uh, so in terms of payrolls, we had more than half a million new jobs added in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unemployment rate went to new lows, 3.4. It's the lowest since 1969. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, hours of work went up. Uh, perhaps a, a bright spot, let's say, was the fact that, um, you know, uh, wage inflation uh, stayed uh, the same month on month and actually declined on a year over year basis. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I uh, just I was thinking: is there seasonal influences? Is there no seasonal influences? I think the one thing you can cannot deny, even even if there are seasonal influences, uh, by and large, there was a lot of positives in this jobs report. Yes, um, for me, listen, maybe that's an outlier. Okay, for me, I don't know if it even matters because the fact of the matter is that, according to the Fed at least, and I don't know if anyone can actually. Uh, dispute that is that the labor market is still extremely tight and mm-hmm. extremely tight is the exact quote from Mr. Powell at the last press conference. So uh, it's definitely a strong labor market for all intents and purposes. Uh, yes, we have seen some effects of the Fed's policies, you know, weighing down, but it's not uh, it's not there yet. It's not where the Fed wants it to be. Yeah. Before we even tie this in with the Fed, there was another yeah. data point on Friday, and this also surprised me. This was the PMI uh, for the non-manufacturing sector. It had a, a huge, steep decline previous, taking us into contraction territory. Come last Friday, bang, we back into expansion. Yes. Absolutely uh, astounding. Yes, I, I think, and maybe that's it for... Sometimes 
markets tend to be overly optimistic that uh, things are going to improve, or sometimes they're uh, very pessimistic that everyone is going um, south, everything is going south. But the fact of the matter is that it's probably going to be a, a bumpy ride, you know, with backs and forth. Yeah, I think what we need to do um, let's let's talk about Friday, but perhaps within the um, sort of the constructs of the Fed meeting on on Wednesday as well. Um, so let's start off. Uh, um, the Fed raised by twenty five basis points. Uh, what did you make of the of the meeting on on Wednesday? Yes, I think it was very interesting. I mean, it was another uh, moderation in the pace of tightening. Uh, let's remind our listeners that we had a series of jumbo seventy five basis point hikes, then we downshifted yes. with fifty, and then with twenty five uh, BPS last week. The Fed did maintain the hockey stance and guidance for ongoing increases with Mr. Powell actually speaking of a couple of more uh, moves. Um, but I, I don't, he was hockey for sure on his press conference, but I don't think he was forcefully hockey. Yeah, uh, much, much more relaxed. I, th I yeah. felt that, yeah. Exactly. And I think large part of this is because the Fed does understand that there is progress on inflation and actually Sir Paul acknowledged it by speaking of a disinflationary process that is that has now started. Nick, We're not there it? yet, too early to declare victory, but he did speak of disinflation, disinflation, sorry, underway. I, I, I want to get your opinion. Did he open the door to a potential pivot? Yeah, so again, I, I when we're talking about a pivot, I need to clarify what pivot means for me. For me, yeah. pivot is not a pause, pivot is communication or action of rate cuts. Okay, so he said that, he reiterated that we do not expect rate cuts. Yes, mm -hmm. but, and again, this goes to the not forceful, mm -hmm. <laughs> forcefully hawkish yeah. uh, part that I said earlier is that if inflation comes down much more quickly than anticipated, then that will play into our policy. And I quote here, he said that, that will play into our policy setting. And they've got the tools to to deal with that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, to me what a difference a week makes because that is a very different communication that we've had from the Fed. Yes, I mean, I, I need to say that for me, it's still hawkish and still poised to more uh, cuts and sorry to more moves and no cuts. But he didn't push back forcefully against uh, those. Um, those, um, you know, uh, market expectations for a pause and a pivot. And another key part for me is that we know that uh, based on the September projections, the Fed expects a median rate terminal rate of 5.1%. That implies an actual rate of 5.25 and two more moves of 25 basis points. Sorry if I got a little bit confusing there with the numbers. But when asked if these projections are still the best guidepost, he did not uh, you know, validate those projections. That, that was quite important for me because I remember him in other press conferences saying that this is still our best guide. And he did not do that. And that's again another sign of not being very assertive and not being uh, very forceful. Yeah. And then two days later, we get that blowout number. 
What did, yes. what happened with the Fed funds future? What happened with the terminal rate? How does uh, yeah. how do how do we tie in the fact that he didn't push back on the December forecast? Is it perhaps the market now adjusting towards towards the Fed? What happened there? Yes, at least now we know that. Uh, of course, this is subject to more changes. Again, it may change again, but now yeah. and after the the jobs report, uh, market seem to embrace the Fed's appropriate policy path uh, and looking at CME's Fed Watch uh, tool earlier today, it projects a terminal rate, it expects a terminal rate of 5.25%, which would be in line with uh, the Fed. Yeah, as I said. Of course, they do still see cuts towards the end of the year, but uh, at this stage, they seem to to embrace uh, market changes. But again, I need to say here that we have, uh, so the next Fed meeting is at the second half of March. Yeah, it's so many data points until then. Uh, Do you think, as as we get back to the the March meeting, is employment coming back into focus? I mean, at at the end of the day, this Friday has it changed anything? Yeah. So again, uh, the, the the Fed has a dual mandate, like right, like inflation and employment. So we spent a good amount of time focusing on employment back when uh, the Fed was aggressively cutting rates and was uh, actually treating inflation as transitory. Then inflation got out of hand and we shifted focus to inflation. And inflation now is uh, the main goal. But given the fact that we are seeing progress on inflation, even if we're not there yet, and it may still be a bumpy ride, but there is progress. Focus for me now shifts to uh, the labor market because, again, the Fed believes it's extremely tight. Uh, and we have heard before that it's hard for the Fed to actually stop increasing rates um, and start cutting them also with such a strong labor market. So the question is will this, uh, will actually labor market go to where the Fed wants it, one, and B, even if that does happen, does this mean that the Fed cannot actually lose its policy? That's the, the key question. Maybe maybe uh, they don't have to uh, help the labor market too much. So we've got, we've got a, t- a sort of a question to end off that particular uh, segment. I'd like to... Yes. I don't know the answer, but, but yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> let's let's leave it at that. Uh, yeah. And I think it's a valid question. Uh, the reason I say we've got the question is because I think there's questions that came with the ECB as well. It, when I listened to the um, to the press conference, you know, um, I didn't feel it was the clearest press conference I've I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you make from the What did you take away from the ECB? Yeah, so first of all, they they hiked rates by fifty basis points. Right. Uh, that that was widely expected and they provided clear communication for for their intention to hike by the same size again in March. Right. Then they said that they will need to assess incoming data and their projection and all that stuff. Uh, But when Miss Lagarde was asked, she said that this is not the peak. She was pretty clear that March won't be the peak. And that for me is in line with all the commentary we've heard up to that point and the typical uh, ECB leaks afterwards. And 
um, communication from uh, some hockeys, yes, but uh, still uh, ACB officials uh, Nick, about more to come past March. Nick, let me ask you this. Who's the who's the bigger hope now, ECB or Fed? For me, it's clear that the the ECB out hope the the Fed in December. Yeah. And even though some of the edge may be taken off of that differential after uh, the NFP's report, still is on track. ECB is still on track for for more tightening this year. Look, it makes sense. They started from way lower and way later. Yeah. yeah. So they do have more ground to cover. What's the uh, what's their progress on on inflation? Have they made progress there? Yes, I think that there is a data point, at least for the headline number, that um, inflation is uh, coming down. Mm -hmm. Although core is a bit of a of a different uh, situation, but I think in the vein of what Sir Paul talked about, this inflation. Uh, President Lagarde did move in a similar direction, but definitely right. did not go as far because what she said is that risks are now more balanced, like what more balanced in regards to the inflation uh, outlook. I think that's just a diplomatic way to say that there is some progress on that front. And I think markets reacted to that. So we've spoken. Fed, we've spoken ECB. There was another central bank, the Bank of England. What did you make of the BOE? Yes. Uh, so it was, <laughs> uh, by BOE standards, it was a, a no drama, no surprises um, uh, event, I think. Markets expected the 50 basis uh, point hike. It did deliver. Uh, there were two dissenters. Again, voting for a pause, which again was not surprised. To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if we had more, uh, but two was again in line with uh, most expectations. Um, it gets again murky in regards to uh, the forward guidance and the next uh, steps. I don't know what's your. Uh, your thoughts there. So out of all the three uh, central banks, uh, I think that the communication from the BOE uh, was perhaps, I, I wasn't particularly comfortable with the ECBs, but I think the BOEs was um, uh, no no clear guidance. I did yeah. hear, I did hear a, an interview on Bloomberg where, um, uh, Governor Bailey did suggest that um, they may they may be at a turning point, but um, yeah. they're not necessarily done, are they? Mm. Yeah. So that's the thing. They did. They acknowledged progress on inflation uh, as well, essentially, and with their projections uh, and all. Uh, they they softened their communique. They they moved the forcefully reference, and they spoke of further tightening in case of more persistent inflation pressure. So uh, the, the rhetoric was clearly uh, softer, but it did not shut the door to more rate increases. And in fact, for instance, on CNBC, Governor Bailey said, I'm not saying this is it, we're done. So it may be the end, it may not be. My 
best estimate is that it isn't. Again, in terms of intention, we don't know what they're going to do, but in terms of communicated intention, intentions. And it's, it's interesting for me because uh, up until a couple of months back, they used to um, push back against pricing for 4.5 terminal rate. They're currently at four, but they haven't done so recently. They haven't said that this is out of line, although they do not embrace it. So this also suggests that maybe there is something more. And again, I'm talking in terms of uh, communicated intentions, let's say, okay? Because yeah. we don't know what the data will say. They are data dependent and we don't know what they will do. And, and there will be some data this week, which we'll talk about in, in, yeah. in a moment. Um, Let's jump to this week. A again, uh, referencing the Fed, re referencing uh, the jobs numbers. I think uh, Powell this week, that's going to be a big focus. For me, that's the main one. Uh, he speaks at the Economic Club of Washington on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, given what has happened last week, where we see, saw him being less forceful for me, that's how we put it. Uh, and but then um, the uh, the jobs data, the surprise and job data, sort yes. of supporting uh, the Fed policy path view. It will be interesting to see what he does next and what he signals to the market if he does uh, signal anything. But yeah. of course, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I I agree. I think that uh, it's going to be interesting how this. Uh, employment story now starts featuring in the communication yeah uh and of course any other central bank commentary uh, will be in focus do we have any other uh, fed officials this week yeah there are a few here and there i think you pointed out uh williams mr williams yeah yeah he's got his interview with uh, mr timorius <laughs> he sort of considers us the, the Fed whisperer uh, lately, so that's going to be uh, in focus. And of course, there are some, uh, not from uh, from the Fed only, but from other central banks as well. That would be interesting to see, again, in the backdrop of last week's uh, central bank. Yes, I would say. So so employment, I think, now becomes a, a theme that we need to concentrate on. You, you know what else I think is a big theme, Nick? Uh, potential relations between China and the US. What's your thinking around that? Yeah, de definitely. So it, it, these are contentious relationships and I don't think that they, they will improve vastly uh, and uh, fast in a fast way. And we had uh, over the last week this balloon uh, saga playing out where a balloon uh, uh, was flying over the United States. You mean of the course, weather China, balloon, right? Yeah, that's what China says. It's a weather balloon. Yeah. Whereas the United States specifically talked of a surveillance. You're right. Um, oh, it's called vessel. It's um, brazen, isn't this? It's it's hugely brazen, yeah. isn't it? And, and just to, to to also say that they did sort it down events only over the weekend, and in fact, Secretary, U.S. Secretary of State postponed a planned trip to China. Right. So it shows, you know, this contagious, let's say, nature of the relationship between uh, these two um, 
superpowers, I, I would say, I mean, they're also yeah. number one and two in terms of uh, uh, the economy. Uh, could, could it spill the, over the, into the, financial markets in terms of sentiment? Listen, I think so far we have seen limited of that, although it did affect risk sentiment a little bit. But uh, in general, I would say that this is something that will uh, accompany us, uh, let's call it that, uh, this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what other economic data are you looking for this week, Nick? Yes, I think we have the Reserve Bank of Australia on Tuesday. Uh, they have slowed down their pace of tightening for a while now uh, with small 25 basis point hikes. And this is, these are, from what we see on economic calendars, this is the baseline forecast to do so again. And they have hinted that more such moves. But um, is there room for an upside surprise? I can't truly doubt, given the extremely high inflation. Uh, we saw the figures uh, recently, which Q4 inflation uh, yeah. was the highest since 1990. Yeah, and but also for me, I was just going to say a real surprise, wasn't it? It was a real yeah. surprise, yeah. Yeah. And, and that sort of begs the question that maybe their um, downshift was a bit premature. Uh, so we're going to have to to wait and see what they do and how uh, markets react to that. I think it, 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 my, my feel is, and again, subject to correction, because we don't know, I think 25 basis points is base case and then possibly another yeah. 25 basis points afterwards. I think that inflation surprise may be uh, putting an extra, an extra rate hike. But again, speculation and subject to correction. Yeah, it, but but it sounds uh, reasonable, and quite frankly, I haven't seen again. Maybe you've missed it, but I haven't personally seen any commentary that would strongly uh, suggest for a bigger move. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, anything else on the calendar? There are a few things here and there. We also expect um, uh, preliminary data from. Uh, uh, UK around GDP, Q4 GDP. Right, right. It was, uh, Q3 was a contraction of 0.3, quarter over quarter. So th this would tie in nicely with the uh, the Bank of England, what we discussed, where they, uh, we, we, yes. we may be at the turning point, but not necessarily done. So this is what would be a data point definitely to keep a, an eye on. Exactly. And of course, uh, the earnings season is well underway. Uh, there are a few... Big next, not only from the United States, but uh, from as well from elsewhere as well. Of course, the main one for me is Disney. Uh, right. The the, the entertainment um, giant, mm -hmm. uh, and especially around the streaming services. Uh, with the previous uh, results, it had widened its lead over Netflix in terms of subscriber, but its financial had left much to be desired. So definitely we'll be looking forward to those results there on Wednesday. Yeah. And, and Netflix had really good results themselves. So yes. it's going to be interesting how they compare up now. Exactly. Uh, and uh, we also get uh, BP, the mm -hmm. UK-based energy multinational, uh, after we saw Cell uh, posting record annual profits. Surprise, surprise. Uh, said it will be interesting to see. But last week, we also had some big ones like um, uh, the, the US tech sector, right? 
yeah, what did you make of that? So we're looking at the yeah. the the fangs uh, without Netflix who were who reported prior to that. Yes. So last week uh, it was Meta, uh, Facebook part of Meta, mm-hmm. which uh, their financials were not good, but uh, their messaging for this year was quite strong, and uh, actually the stock jumped after uh massive that. move yeah massive yeah move. yeah uh and um but the rest were not that good a lot, lot of a lot of cost controls amazon, coming in wasn't there yeah yeah apple amazon and um and alphabet largely disappointed one big disappointment i think was uh alphabet's uh, ad revenue from uh google and youtube that was one of the things that, uh, you know, really uh, stood out for me. And of course, Amazon's guidance uh, was also a bit, was less than what the market wanted, let's say. And Apple also had a, a revenue decline, not good, income was squeezed. There were some bright spots, of course, there. But overall, other than meta markets, did not seem to be, uh, to, to really like those results. Nick, what a difference a week make, isn't that so? Yeah, that's probably the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on your agenda? No, I think these are m- most of the things, and we we covered quite a few things because again, it was a big week, and big week. Yeah. Although the current one is a little bit more subdued, there's still some key factors uh, and some key events in data things. Yeah, one one thing we didn't mention was just the um, Adani and the short selling by Hindenburg. I just uh, I know that's just come up now. Also, a very interesting story, and I think next week you and I probably have a chat about that. Let's see how things play out. Absolutely, Nick. I want to thank you for your time, and um, just remind our listeners if you can uh, listen all the way to the end. We're going to have our regional disclaimers up next. FXM Limited, www.fxm.com forward slash UK. CFDs are complex instruments and come with a high risk of losing money rapidly due to leverage. 71% of retail investor accounts lose money when trading CFDs with this provider. You should consider whether you understand how CFDs work and whether you can afford to take the high risk of losing your money. FXM Australia, you can sustain a total loss of deposits. Please refer to our product disclosure statement at www.fxm.com forward slash AU. FXCM markets, losses can exceed deposits. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, other information or references to third-party sites contained in this podcast are provided on an as-is basis as general market commentary and do not constitute investment advice. The market commentary has not been prepared in accordance with legal requirements designed to promote the independence of investment research and it is therefore not subject to any prohibition on dealing ahead of dissemination. Although this commentary is not produced by an independent source, FXM takes all sufficient steps to eliminate or prevent any conflicts of interest arising out of the production and dissemination of this communication. Past performance is not an indicator of future results.